Welcome to the White Bikini. My name is Marie White, and joining me today is my co-host, Nicholas Banson. How are you, Nicholas? I'm doing great, Marie. It's good to be back once again. Today is Thursday, December 29th, 2022. We are heading into a new year. We're a few days out. How are you feeling about the new year, Nicholas? Optimistic and enthusiastic. We have put a little pause for a few weeks on the White Bikini, so we wanted to make sure that we did a year-end wrap-up before we start into to the new year. So I thought we could talk about some immediate issues that are concerning and then more you know, fun issues. First and foremost is how the heck are people still stranded in 2022 with not being able to get moving in the country? I, it's insane. So I assume you're talking about the uh, Southwest Airlines meltdown? S- Yes, Southwest Airlines meltdown. How in 2022 are we still not navigating these airlines properly? Because their systems, their logistics systems are antiquated. And so they work until they don't. And that's where we are. Uh, A lot of these systems are based on technologies that are 10, 15, 20 years old. And until those systems are stressed, then the leadership of these companies, in this specific case, Southwest, Southwest Airlines, they don't see a need to invest their capital to have a more robust System. So as a consequence, it's like the many bridge collapses that have taken place uh, throughout the country. Civil engineers warned that America's infrastructure is collapsing, but it isn't until a bridge actually collapses and people are hard that changes are made and improvements take place. And I'm going to blame this on my generation and the baby boomers before me because a lot of these men, and I'm going to say men, knew the system was antiquated 15 years ago, but they don't do anything about it. And then you wake up in 2022 and these guys that didn't want to spend the money to put more money in their pocket or retire because of the pandemic. And now these younger guys, meaning, and when I say younger, I mean 55, 50 and under your generation are scrambling to do everything. Is that fair? It is, but it is also important to recognize this is the this is the system we signed up for. American capitalism, our own particular flavor of American capitalism, our own flavor of corporatism, if you will. It's incentivized to benefit the shareholders and all other interests are secondary even the passengers to a certain extent. As long as the company's making money and the stock price is going up, that is how we validate successful corporate systems in this country. And until that paradigm changes, then we will fall into these cycles where um, catastrophic system failures take place. Well, they're taking place every week now. It's the CEO is Ryan Green. He's apologized twice in a video. And the problem is Southwest Airlines, and you would know this much better than me, they're cheek at their tickets are very inexpensive and that's great until it's not is that fair it is correct yes so when you're flying bare bones this is kind of what happens because you're not paying enough money for a ticket which is fine just like capitalism that everything works until it doesn't but once again you know i don't disagree with you i think you're spot on however we find ourselves locked into this particular system because if you are at the very top you're reaping men's rewards if you're somewhere in the middle you think someday you're going to get to the top and if you're at the bottom well you're kind of out of the game. So the structure of people's interaction with how corporate mark, uh, with how corporate America is uh, formed and functions, it either incentivizes you to participate in the system to the detriment of others, or you're kind of not in the game at all. Does that make sense? Oh no, 100%. And as of today, Southwest had canceled 
2,300 flights, 58% of its daily schedule, and 96% of all canceled trips in the U.S. today. Oh, I believe that. So thankfully, the other airlines are jumping in and capping their prices to get these people home. And and that that is a good move. But here's the thing: once we get through the bad winter weather, Southwest Airlines get back gets back into its normal logistics and uh, operational cadence, then there are very few consequences. I mean, look at it this way. Take a, a large company like Goldman Sachs. Let's say hypothetically that they are found guilty of an SEC violation and they're fined uh, even what you and I as just mere mortals, an exorbitant amount of $100 million. Well, what's $100 million to a company that through those illegal activities made $20 billion? And, and that's kind of the way the system works. Unless there is direct federal intervention, Congress gets involved involved, excuse me, and starts uh, restructuring or threatening to restructure the way the airlines operate, then nothing gets done. They get a fine, they get a black eye in the media, they deal with some bad optics for a while, but they call a crisis cations management company and they polish up that turd and everything's back to normal and nothing changes until the next collapse and then you apologize. It, just, it becomes this, it's a theater of the absurd. That's what happens when it comes to dealing with the tragedy as it affects other people, you know, daily people's lives. And as Americans, you know, we're also responsible for some of these activities in the same way that we, we reward uh, bad behavior in our politicians. We reward bad behavior with some of these airlines because we keep buying their tickets. I guess that's what I was saying. It's kind of like this is jumping the shark with this con this subject. But like when you buy at Old Navy, you're getting everything cheap because someone's not being paid enough to manufacture exactly. the clothes you're buying. Yeah. And so we are locked into this vicious cycle of uh, consumption and consumerism. Yes, which which it seems to be a race to the bottom in the name of efficiency. However, what happens, as you have you know noted, is, is that when the system breaks, it's catastrophic. Uh, you know, it doesn't just let itself wind out or wind down in a manageable way. You know, I listen. Let's be fair. There there have been massive and substantial weather issues facing the United States over the last ten days. You know, some of the coldest weather in 30, 40 years have impacted the lower 48 states. So that has to be taken into consideration. But the meltdown with Southwest Airlines, that was a human failure in the system. The one thing I kind of, well, I did like is some people at the airports were like, you know what, peace out. Let's go rent a van. People that don't know each other. Yes, I actually read that, that strangers were suspending their suspicions of the unknown person in order to get by and essentially form these temporary communities of lost travelers in order to get to their destination. And you know, it, that's, that's a good thing because all we typically hear about the unknown person is you should fear and be suspicious of him or her. And, and I'm not naive, you know, there are people out there willing to harm others but it's especially this time of year we want to believe in something more noble than our base instincts but i like that initiative that you know what let's keep going let's find another answer and that gives me optimism i i love seeing that they showed a picture of everyone in a van together just they're like peace out we're done this isn't working we're gonna find another solution yeah and in the in the day and age of cash app and ven 
Venmo. I mean, you know, if someone puts a, a van rental on their credit card, they're not up for the charges and then you get to the destination and someone, you know, uh, peace outs on you. Um, so now there's a technology is a double-edged sword. You know, the, the, the knife that prepares your dinner can also be used to harm. And that's just kind of the deal we've made with uh, an ever more uh, technologically based society. But as you're speaking, I, I, as the thought cre crept into my mind was the, uh, the movie Planes, Trains and Automobiles. I was going to say that that's exactly what it is. I watch that every Thanksgiving now and it's it goes what that came out in 1987 88 and I love I love every minute of that movie and those pictures were all the craziness that was experienced in that movie and I love it you know what someday on a future podcast we may have to explore the magical year of 1987 I'm not sure if it was 87 or 88 but like 1987 was a year where some of the greatest movies if you are a Gen Xer baby boomer even an older millennial for whatever reason that year released some of the most iconic to my mind but well, anyway I digress. right now planes trains and automobiles came out in 87 i think die go. hard die hard came out in 88 yes that that year that calendar year of 1987 to 1988 some of the most amazing came out in that in that period of time and anyway like i said i, I don't want to take us off topic even though we are kind of uh we're all over the place today we're free associating um but yeah magical year anyway um yeah, I, unfortunately, the Southwest will probably be rewarded by spring. You know, they'll get their act together and uh, customers will keep flying with them. Uh, and we will wait for the next major, you know, uh, systems infrastructure or logistics failure to fall on top of us. And then we'll ask, how did this happen? And we'll keep doing this rinse, wash, repeat. And I think for you, and now I, I'm going to compare you to Barack Obama. Oh, boy. I think for you, like President Obama, he kind of tapped out at Sandy Hook. Oh God, yes, and and I did too. You I don't tapped know out. Where, yeah, I don't know where you're going with this, but like, uh, just as a as a point of fact. I, I did emotionally in terms of the you know I was one of those people that would drive to New Hampshire and campaign and I was out there in the streets um, activated and trying to get people involved in our political system and it's not that I don't care about the political system anymore it's just that something broke inside me after Sandy Hook like it felt visceral well I guess what I'm saying is we almost have a change of purpose because I am the least optimistic optimistic person. How can I say this? And you used to be the most optimistic person. I was. I was. I think I was uh, I, I was an idealist. Agree. And um, I accept, but your lack of idealism makes me sad. So I feel like I have to, not have to, you and I have talked about this, that I'm trying to still say somewhat, I want to be an idealist and a realist where I think you've gotten very realistic. And it, sometimes it makes me sad if that's okay. It is. It does. It it actually makes me sad as well because there's a when you lose your sense of idealism and I don't mean irrational idealism uh, but a sense that it's almost like the Star Trek uh, vision of the future that somehow humanity will figure out the big problems and live in a society in a post-scare society where our basic needs are met and people can step one ladder one rung up on the ladder of self-actualization and start to invest in their dreams and their greatest aspirations uh, but no that that is gone 
on. It's about, it, it's much more, it's a more insular perspective where you just kind of carve out a safe space for you and the people you care about and you dwell in that domain as best you can until your time on this planet expires. I was at my job at Sephora probably about two to three weeks ago. Was kind of struggling with some internal things and a mother and a young daughter walked up. The daughter was 13. The mother was probably your age and she's like, the mother's like, do you have these lip oils? And I said, oh, you know, I think we're out of all of them. And I caught myself kind of being negative and the mother looked at me and the daughter kind of looked at me and right then I realized I've got to up my game. When I dug a little deeper, I'm ashamed that the mother said, you know, my daughter's 13. She doesn't feel like she's fitting in at school. And right then I realized, oh my God, I'm the grown up. And I said, you know what? I said, 13 was a long time ago, but 13 can be a struggle. And the mother was so happy. The daughter, and I don't ever say this about myself, but the daughter's face kind of brightened up a little. I said, I know as her mother, you think it's okay and you wanted her to feel okay, but it's okay that she's not feeling okay. And I walked around with them, showed them lip oils. The daughter brightened up so much when I finally found after a half hour, it wasn't about lip oil. It was about a young girl who was 13 years old that went through a pandemic from 11 to 13. Could you imagine? No, I couldn't. I, no, I can't imagine no. us go, me going, yep, nope. No, it's it's one of those things, unfortunately, we probably won't see the full impact until that 13-year-old young woman um, gets out. Actually, before that teenage years, is she going to be rebellious? Is she going to um, skittish around people? Is she going to, well, she's always having adjustment problems. But you know what? For me, I really had to dig deep. And I said to myself, I'm like, this isn't a, don't. So I, they left. The daughter loved the lip oil she went away with a smile and then a couple days ago a girl came up in line she was probably she comes up I was being I was like oh put your phone number I'm like wait a minute I cleared it out I'm sorry put it back in because you know me I don't care she goes oh no no worries she goes I'm just all over the place she goes I feel rushed I should have taken a vacation and I kind of looked at her I thought like how I said how old are you she goes well I'm 24 she goes but I went into the pandemic and I was 22 she goes now everyone I know is engaged she goes I have missed three years of my life and I was like oh my god like yeah and you're on the clock for yeah I mean let, let, let's also be honest I mean the, the clock is a lot harsher for women than it is for men 24 to 27 that's a huge part of your prime whether it's dating finding a partner settling down marriage engagement type years so I can understand the anxiety especially if you have dreams but, of being like a young mom but for me it and I looked at her I said so then I, because I, I was like, you know, I said, I said, I said, I get it. I said, look, I said, I'm much older than you. I said, I experienced the milestones I was meant to exper experience. But I guess what I'm saying is I feel now that it's my responsibility to be more optimistic. And that's coming from someone very negative. So it's kind of a weird shift in our personalities and our dynamic as friends. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think, um, you know, as you said, I think for me, the seminal moment in many ways was, was Sandy. Um, yes. In terms of what I thought our culture could become. And Sandy Hook, not only in the day of the tragedy, but the subsequent years that nothing changed and our society kept, uh, we kept for, we kept producing predators that would harm the most innocent members of our society. You know, I'm not going to go into the gun debate one way or the other. No, no, no. It's I'm more, I'm, I'm talking about who we are as people and how we're evolving, you and I as friends, but also the world. We're in a very comp, 
complicated layer of this country that we've never experienced before that was accelerated by the pandemic that isn't over because now they're testing people coming from China. That concerns me. What are I they testing for exactly? Because is there a new variant that we don't know yes. about that we're about to there's find a, out about? There's a new Omicron variant. I don't remember the specific de designation of, uh, of the variant, but it's part of the Omicron class, if you will, of uh, COVID-19 virus. So that's what they're looking for in visitors from China. And I also work with the girl that's, maybe she's 19 or 20. And I was in my head just kind of, as we do, just kind of thinking about what I'm thinking about and trying to keep things straight. And we were talking, and I've worked with her for over a year and she's like, oh no, she goes, I, I didn't graduate. Meaning she didn't experience her graduation. And I, and I realized I was like, oh my God, like here I'm working with this young girl. And she goes, no, she goes, I graduated on a Zoom call in my living room and they promised we would walk again and they never did. And I watched my mother cry the whole day. And no, I, I have to be- one of those I attended one of those zoom graduations and I was really startled and I said I don't want to say her name but I said I didn't know it took me out of my head is my point I thought here's a 13 year old girl struggling a 19 year old girl it was it's my role now to be chief comforter to people that are younger is that fair that's fair and I think as we get older the experiences that we have gathered uh, can be a benefit to young people who don't have the same perspective on life so I mean I, I think it's quite charitable for you to extend yourself to other people, uh, especially young women, and help to guide them. So really unprecedented and difficult circumstances around, uh, surrounding their lives. And it wasn't even guiding them that more that it was letting them live in the space they needed to live in for a few minutes and acknowledge their feelings. Yes, I agree. I would agree with that. And I said, I was like, oh my God, I, I said like, and I had a very big high school reunion in the fall. I did not attend, but we still talk about our graduation day. And that's a billion years ago. It's a galaxy a long time ago it was one of the most ex- important experiences and I grew up as you have and graduated with very successful people but as moment we go back to our graduation day it was magical and I thought I can't imagine missing that milestone and I guess it's just that whole combination of now we are literally in to year three of the pandemic in 2023 now granted the weather was very extreme people there's I believe there's up to 50 people dead in Buffalo at least as of this morning so now the question is is was the storm exaggerated or were they not prepared I, I think the storm was just that bad I mean we're talking about a city that's used to dealing with snow, but it wasn't just snow. We're talking about Arctic temperatures. I mean, there are reports of people who got stuck in the snow as what happens every year, you know, in storms throughout the country, but because of the ferocity of the winds, the whiteout connection, uh, whiteout conditions, and the Arctic temperatures, I think people literally collapsed trying to flee their cars, you know, to seek shelter. They became disoriented in the whiteout conditions, got lost. I think there's a story of a woman who got lost maybe a few hundred yards from her house. So there comes a wasn't time. she on? Sorry. No, please go ahead. Wasn't she on the phone with her parents? Uh, so there are two stories that are similar to that. There's a story of a young woman who was trapped in her car, and then I think there's a story of um, a mother who left her house for some reason, and that's the one I'm referencing. I think she passed away within, I'm guessing, I'm um, just ballpark within a few hundred yards of her house. And the only way that happens is if the the conditions are so extreme that you can't even tell if you're going left, right, north, south, what have you, and you just kind of go around. 
around in circles. And with those conditions, you know, exposure sets in and people pass away, unfortunately. Last, so Christmas was Sunday, Friday last week when, remember they were calling for the apocalyptic ice mm-hmm. in, in outside the, Phil- well, in the Philadelphia area. I got up and I realized that I don't have a choice. I have to go into work because I don't have any sick time. I cannot miss a day's pay. So mm-hmm. I chose like an idiot to go into work frightened. And I literally tell you, I drove up Darby Road crying my eyes out. I was so frightened that I was not going to be able to make it home. And, went and into, I think, that, go ahead. No, and I went into work. I guess this is more of the conversation about speaking our truth and acknowledging our feelings. As soon as I went into work, all the women I work with were gathered around. They're like, oh my God, why are we here? We're so afraid. Why didn't they close? We can't afford to miss our pay. And I thought, since when are we living in this country that we're so desperate that we can't even call out? And why didn't the company close and pay us is my question. Because that's not the way capitalism works. But guess what? I worked. We were busy because people were shopping, not respecting the bad weather. But I have to be honest, Nick, at the end of the day, I left at four o'clock. The roads were clear. I had not a problem. So it's just so confusing to know what reality to live in anymore. Does that make sense? Like no one's on the same page. You know, you're right. I th- and also, you know, we have to remember that these computer models are just that. You know, they're not saying this will happen. They're saying there's a probability of this happening so that there is a an error bar uh, and it varies time and distances but to a larger point people don't have any room for error any margin for error in their lives a, uh, a day's pay perhaps someone can't buy groceries for them because all the other money is budgeted towards rent utilities car insurance and so forth so missing a day's pay means uh, bologna sandwiches for that week potentially and that's the this is the society we built this is who we are I, I think we sometimes point fingers and find fault and sometimes it's just but at the end of the day, Marie, this is who we are. You know, I I, I love this quote. It's from Bill Parcells, uh, Hall of Fame NFL football coach. And his his line was, you are what your record says you are. And if you take an accounting of this society of our country, there's some pretty damning records, if you will. So this is who we are. This is what we are. This is the society we've constructed. And, and this isn't about the individual. This is about collectively what we've designed and said, okay, this is good. Because there are people who want to maintain the system, want to maintain a system where individuals like yourself are so financially insecure that you'd risk your life to go to work. And some people think that's a better... But at the same... That was bad. I I was terrified. I was thinking about calling out. I kept driving, but then the good was everyone came in. And again, that feeling of community all day, we were like, let's keep like, it was a partnership. Keep an eye on the weather. What did your mom say? So like I ordered pizza. I shared a pizza with a girl. She, the girl that didn't have the experience of graduation. She goes, I said, Genevieve, I said, I'm going to order pizza. She goes, oh, that was like, it was working together. I ordered pepperoni pizza. We split it. I put it in the back. The girl's like, oh my god there's pizza i said grab a piece of pizza girls you gotta heat it up so even though i went and i was terrified it's like the people hopping in the vans together we all came together we broke up laughing by the end of the day we were so afraid so when i got in my car to drive home at four o'clock i insisted on leaving when it was still light out i went in a frightened person but due to the community of being with the same type of people, I went home a brightened spirit. Is that fair? That is absolutely fair. And perhaps it's encouraging for um, the future that we become a little bit less fearful of each other and a little bit more charitable towards each other. Yeah, like I, there's, you know, there's girls I work with that are so much younger, different backgrounds. 
It didn't matter that day. We were all comrades in arms, fighting the man, thinking, why didn't they close early? We hate them. But it was a good thing. It was us working together. What'd your mom say? The road's okay? Yeah, text me when you get home. Did you leave yet? I, my friend's like, I left now, I'm home. She goes, you text me as soon as you get home. So I do feel that if our if our medical system, our government, as a people, we are still connected because if they're not going to work or figure it out, we're going to figure it out together. That's what I liked. And I think that is a worthy goal. And hopefully it doesn't take significant weather or any kind of catastrophe to bring us together like that. That's It's unfortunate that that's what it takes to motivate us to um, trust in each other. But hopefully it lays the foundation for future confidence that people are there to uh, source a resource source to others like yourself so what are we looking at i let's we could go on about so many things that have happened but what are your hopes and thoughts for 2023 as a society um i i feel <laughs> yeah exactly uh i'm a little chastened by the problems that face uh i think our politics political system is broken and i think it's broken by design I think at least at the federal level unless you have a one party unless you have one party in control uh congress over the years have essentially made it so that nothing gets done and i think that's a deliberate uh that's a deliberate effort so change on the federal level is probably going to be stymied because uh a, we have two parties controlling uh, each controlling one house of congress that doesn't usually bode well for making changes to improve people's lives uh, climate change seems to be a photo event and here's the thing i think about climate change not that you asked but we're going to pay we're going to pay one way or the other so on the front end you hear the argument well we can't do this because it will hurt the economy can't make the changes we can't make the transition away from fossil fuels because it will hurt this industry or that industry and those are absolutely true but what tends to happen and it's just a feature of human societies is that when we fail to do right thing at the right time we will make a difficult situation even worse and what will wind up happening is that climate change will continue to man-made global climate change i.e. or carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases into the atmosphere which is uh, fueling uh, these giant global weather events that cause billions of dollars in damage and kill countless uh, people, those events will continue to get more and more severe. And then we will spend the money on recovery, building back, uh, you know, but we can't replace the lives. So, you know, it's the old saying, you know, it's penny wise and pound foolish. So I see that for 2023. Um, so far, not looking too optimistic, right? Uh, I, I see the pandemic being a constant in our lives. Go ahead. No, go on. Um, the, con the pandemic will remain a constant in our lives. It'll be, you know, of course, it'll be hurt the most vulnerable members of society, the sickest, older individuals. So do we agree there's still a pandemic? Um, a pandemic that's perhaps transitioning to an endemic phase where it just becomes like the seasonal flu, except the difference with COVID is that um, it's just a feature that goes year round. It spikes during you know the cold weather season, but it will probably maintain a higher level of a higher fatality rate than the flu for some time. But that's that's just the way it is. That And I think that's, I think that's just the way it's going to be from here on out. So COVID will remain a feature of our lives. You know, there will be more natural disasters. You know, there will be more failures of civil infrastructure. You know, on the other hand, we'll make amazing breakthroughs in science and medicine and technology. So it's, it's, 
it's the story of humanity. It's about failures and successes and dreams and aspirations against fears and uh, regression. And I, I, I think you said it. Go ahead. I think you said it best that you and I used to be very global thinkers, and I think we've gotten more local thinkers, which I think is a good thing. Global problems are too too hard. They really are. They weren't always, but now now yeah. it's. And I think what bothers me, and I'm going to keep saying it, those men that were in charge that were destroying this country. They don't have to worry about their grandchildren and great-grandchildren because they raped the land and made enough money that their kids won't have to worry. They can isolate themselves from the problem. It's those mid-level people and the, the, you know, the poorer people that are paying, and that really pisses me off. But this is the feature of humanity. I mean, here's the thing. You know, Steven Pinker um, wrote a book, I believe it's called The Better Angels, and I agree with his overall thesis that humanity is improving despite all the problems that you and I have identified in this you know past 30 40 minutes it was even worse than the past is the point so this march of progress is glacial it's incredibly slow and i think one of the things that i've learned here is just that i just have pace myself in terms of my expectation and enthusiasm for how humanity progress that's not a straight line upward that sometimes we take two three steps back in order to achieve one small victory but the overall trajectory is seems to be positive and that's the that's what i hold on to that the idealism is gone the sort of barefaced optimism is gone. So right now I hold on to a realism tempered by a little bit of positivity because that's what the evidence suggests that it will get, it's more likely that things will get better in the long run, uh, global climate change, not, change notwithstanding, than they will be like it was in the past. And so there is there's some there is some room for optimism and, and hope. And I think for me, I revered the political systems. Everything I looked up to has kind of diminished, but what it's added to me is that local community feeling reconnecting with people as you said in your sphere and just kind of keeping your head down and making that work yeah. and as i said just that 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 day like text me when you get home make sure you leave on time i was like oh my god this this is the feeling that if everything else is crumbling and down around us things we can't control that were destroyed by generations of neglect we're still going to make a way for us to figure it out and i do have faith that humanity is going to do better not our political system i think that is broken and torn down but i haven't lost faith in humanity and that's what we're going to keep is going to keep me going in 2023 i agree with that and i think that's something we can both hang our hats on so we're going to wish all of our listeners a very happy new year we look forward to more conversations in 2023 and like to thank you for being listeners please don't forget to follow us on any podcast Apple, Spotify, The White Bikini on any podcast platform. And also please follow us on Instagram at The White Bikini. And a very happy new year to everyone. Happy new year, everyone. Happy new year, Marie. Happy new year, Nicholas. Peace out. Bye.